You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, five days a week, Monday through Friday, a daily glance at Clemson athletics, including the number one team in all of college football, the Clemson Tigers. It's back to the football field for Clemson this week. Coming off an open date, the Tigers host 1-0 Virginia at Memorial Stadium on Saturday night, 8 p.m. start. And this Monday episode, let's do some water cooler discussion. What is everyone going to be talking about? Five questions heading into game week against the Cavaliers. Also, let's take a little bit deeper look into Virginia coming off their first game of the season, a 38-20 victory over the Duke Blue Devils at home. What did we learn about the Cavs when they come to Death Valley? Also, Miami, another big win for the Hurricanes, they're undefeated, 3-0 on the season. They knocked off Florida State with a rout over the Seminoles at home. We'll discuss what we learned about that team, which comes to Death Valley a week from Saturday. And then finally, was this a good bye week for the Tigers? Very early in the season, was it beneficial? What are they going to look like coming out of bye? Historically, what has Clemson looked like coming off an open date? So a lot to get to. On a busy Monday, I'm Brad Sinkoff, your host of Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily glance into your Clemson Tigers. I'm also co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson, and I write every day for allclemson.com. Let's get right into the hot topics for this week as Clemson getting ready to host Virginia. Number one, who's going to play? The Tigers have had some bumps and some bruises through the early couple weeks. You also have not seen defensive ends, Xavier Thomas or Justin Foster, two starters in 2020. Maybe that changes this week. We had an update last week from Coach Sweeney who said that Xavier Thomas was getting closer to returning after he's been battling a couple of illnesses. We'll see if he's in football shape. Would not be surprised maybe to see him get at least a few snaps, make his debut against Virginia if he's clear to play. Speaking of clear to play, still waiting on news for Justin Foster, who is yet to be allowed back on the football field. Still don't know the full story with him, but we'll get some updates on Tuesday about whether he's ready to return to the football field. Also, Tyler Davis, a sophomore defensive tackle, should be back this week for Clemson. The Tigers have looked great without him, even though he is a real star on that defensive front. Jordan Williams has really stepped in. Niles Pinkney, two veterans, have handled things along with Brian Brzee, the true freshman. So really, there has not been a drop-off since Davis went down against Wake Forest in Week 1. But you got to think with him back in there, the rotation is going to get that much stronger. And Clemson should look pretty good up front against stopping the Virginia run game, which we'll get to later on. Some other things to keep an eye on in terms of personnel. Wide receiver Joseph Ngata who had a strained abdominal muscle in Week 2. We'll see if he comes back and plays. He's a starter for the Tigers. It'll be interesting to see if he gets back into the rotation. Frank Latson looked pretty good making the most of his reps against the Citadel with a couple touchdown catches. Also, cornerback Darian Kendrick, who's been working his way out of the doghouse. 
He's yet to start a game this season. He stayed at home for Wake Forest. Then he did not start, did not play the opening snap against the Citadel. He's still waiting to see the first snap of the game, but he is a legit starter, a legit All-ACC player, and it'll be interesting to see if he makes his return to the starting lineup this week. And then there's, of course, COVID-19 testing. The Tigers, with the week off, they got a chance to get away from football a little bit. Coach Swinney always lets the guys have the weekend off during their bye. That meant maybe they were out a little bit more. We'll see how contained they stayed. That'll be a big storyline as we go throughout this game week. And, of course, testing three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Curious to hear later on this week how that's going. And we may not really know for sure until the uh, roster is released on Saturday afternoon who's actually going to suit up and who's not. Uh, It's not that hard to figure out either once they get on the football field who's missing and who could be dealing with some COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Clemson did release some testing this week, and six people tested positive. They do not list that by sport, so you do not know if any football players were included in that. However, that being said, Coach Sweeney had said last week that Clemson had no positive tests in several weeks. They'll try to keep that going and try to keep that continued uh, after a bye week, which could be a little tricky for a lot of schools. So definitely something to keep an eye on. That will be a big, major storyline. Who plays, who doesn't in week three for the Tigers. Also, what kind of numbers can you expect to see from Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne in this game? Obviously, those two uh, do not necessarily have to play all four quarters. Clemson usually in these kind of games is a a major favorite, heavily favored team. Doesn't play those guys the entire game. But they're both Heisman Trophy candidates, especially Trevor Lawrence. Even with Justin Fields coming back, it feels like Lawrence is the odds-on favorite and should be the odds-on favorite to bring home the trophy. So what does he do in this game? He didn't get a ton of work against the Citadel. He was 8 of 9 passing, which is incredibly efficient. He did throw three touchdowns in the game, uh, did also run one in. So he got enough numbers to stay as a legit Heisman contender, especially after you saw Oklahoma Spencer Rattler falter this week with some big interceptions and some clutch moments in Oklahoma's loss. So it really kind of vaults Lawrence even more into the spotlight. There were some other good quarterbacks who had great weekends, including Kyle Trask from Florida with six touchdowns and K.J. Costello from Mississippi State as they got a big win over LSU. But I don't think anybody did anything to unseat Trevor Lawrence in this Heisman race thus far. But what does he do against Virginia? Does he need to play more snaps than you saw him against the Citadel? Well, obviously he should against an ACC team. But it also cures how big a lead Clemson builds early last year when they took on the Virginia Cavaliers in the ACC championship game. Lawrence made it all the way to three drives into the third quarter. Meanwhile, Travis Etienne came out after two drives in that third quarter. Still, they had huge days. Trevor Lawrence produced 300 passing yards and four touchdowns. Travis Etienne went over 100 yards, also scored on the ground. So they can run up some pretty big numbers if they can stay on the football field long enough. And Virginia's defense, however, Virginia's defense, however, could provide some challenges as this is a team that forced seven turnovers against Duke on Saturday. We'll dive deeper into that. A couple other things to keep an eye on. is We see an expanded package for DJ Uyangalale, the freshman star quarterback, got into some goal line situations after another week of practice, after a couple weeks of practice. Do they expand his usage a little bit? Do you see him come in in some interesting situations? 
And can the Virginia offense give Brent Venables and that defense a challenge? We'll discuss what the Cavaliers did and their win over Duke coming up after this. What's supposed to be the best thing about Built Bars are the fact that they're great for the health-conscious guy. They're low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, they're high-fiber, they're great for keto diets, and they help you lose or maintain weight. But the fact of the matter is, they taste amazing. And now they're delicious-er with their 18 incredible flavors, starting with some of their six new ones, including the Caramel Brownie, the Cookies and Cream, the Lemon Almond Cheesecake, the Apple Almond Crisp, and they got those 12 original flavors as well, like Peanut Butter, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Toffee Almond, and a whole lot more. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bar, right now, with a promo code, You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. This isn't going to last long. So hurry up. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your BuiltBar.com next order. Brennan Armstrong made his starting debut for the Virginia Cavaliers on Saturday in their 38-20 victory over the Duke Blue Devils. He'll come to Clemson in his first road start, looking to capitalize and keep going uh, off a pretty solid outing for the young quarterback. 24-45 passing for 269 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions in this one, but he also made his presence felt in the run game. 10 carries, 47 yards, and a rushing score. He averaged 4.7 yards per carry. I guarantee you that is something that Brent Venables is going to spend a lot of time and focus on with his defense for the Tigers this week. They want to contain and keep Brennan Armstrong in that pocket after what he showed on Saturday. Now, is he the elusiveness? Does he have the elusiveness of a Bryce Perkins? Can he make those kind of plays down the field with his legs? Probably not. Perkins was a threat to go the distance. He was a home run hitter, even running the football But Armstrong may be a little bit better passer and really fits what Bronco Mendenhall wants to do with an up-tempo offense. They're going to test Clemson on the outside a little bit as they've got a what Bronco Mendenhall called a well-kept secret in wide receiver Lavelle Davis Jr. Davis had four catches for 101 yards, two touchdown grabs in this ballgame, and he averaged 25.3 yards per reception. And Davis is... Big 6-7 target. He's a player that Mendenhall said was under-recruited, kind of raw, kind of a project, and it looks like early on he is the go-to guy for Armstrong. On the ground, very impressive day for Virginia as they racked up 188 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, and it was an efficient offensive day overall. I thought that was what really stood out to me. They did get a little little bit explosive in the passing game with a couple of deep balls to Davis. But for the most part, most of their big chunk yards were in that 19, 15, 14, 17, 11. Uh, so they really kind of spread the ball around. And I thought Armstrong kept them on, on pace and kept them efficient for most of this game. They did get off to a little bit of a rocky start. Some rust, I believe, in this offense. And of course, it was Armstrong's you know, first uh, outing as the starting quarterback. So it took a little time for Virginia's offense to settle in. But once it did, it turned out to be a pretty good day with 38 points against the Blue Devils. Defensively, it was a huge game 
for Virginia in terms of turnovers. They forced seven turnovers in this game, including four interceptions from former Clemson quarterback Chase Bryce. A rough day for the ex-Tiger as he went 16 of 36. They held him to 248 passing yards on those 38 attempts and two touchdowns, but it was the inability, again by Duke, to protect the football that did them in in this one. In fact, the Blue Devils led this game 10 to nothing in the first quarter before Virginia really got rolling. Uh, good performance also by that defense in terms of the linebacking core. Uh, Zane, Zandier, and Nick Jackson were the stars in this one. Zandier had 15 total tackles. Jackson with 12. Keep those guys on your radar, Tiger fans. Watch them if you get a chance to go back and see any of this Virginia Duke game. I guarantee you that's something Tony Elliott is going to be watching. How can he get those linebackers out of position? Because they were not very much out of position in this game against Duke with those kind of tackle numbers. And then Joey Blunt comes up and plays near the line of scrimmage an awful lot as a defensive back. Keep an eye on him as well. He knocked down a pass, had one tackle for a loss, finished with seven total tackles. I thought Virginia was aggressive on defense. They're going to have to be again against Clemson because they're going to want to get Trevor Lawrence out of rhythm early. Something that not a lot of teams have done very often. So it's going to be stacked against them, against that Tigers offense that is so prolific. But overall, there's a lot of things to like in Bronco Mendenhall's first game of the season with the Virginia Cavaliers. We'll be breaking down Virginia and Clemson all week as they get ready for their 8 p.m. Saturday night game. But there's another opponent on the horizon that looked good once again, the Miami Hurricanes, who come to Death Valley a week from Saturday. It was a dominating victory over the Florida State Seminoles for the Miami Hurricanes, 52-10. This was never a ball game. Derrick King, once again, looks every bit the part of a legit weapon for this Miami offense as he was 26-40 of 40 passing for 267 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and was able to get it done on the ground as well. Eight carries, 65 yards, 8.1 yards per carry for Derrick King. Cameron Harris, 12 carries for 43 yards as Miami rushed for 200 yards in this game. And that was one of the things that I talked about last week was keep an eye if that Florida State front could not slow down Miami's running game, what that would do, not just to Florida State, but to the rest of the Miami offense. And they threw for over 300 yards passing and 200 on the ground. Uh, for an over 500 total yards in the game. Clemson's defensive front, better than Florida State's. I don't think there's any question about that. But still, it was a decent comparison when you think about guys like Marvin Wilson up front for Florida State. So you have to be impressed with what Miami has done in the ground game and what Red Lashley continues to call. They hit some big plays over the top. They went to the tight end, Brevin Jordan a lot, and it really just they just dissected this Seminoles defense, and on the other side of the ball, Miami held Florida State to just 330 total yards. The Seminoles, 6 of 14 on third down efficiency, and they just weren't able to establish really anything through the air uh, as they had 179 yards on 37 attempts, and they just, again, were never really in this ballgame. So very impressive team so far, Miami, and they come to Clemson coming off a bye week, so they'll be rested, they'll be prepared, and it should really be a big-time top-10 matchup in Death Valley. So what we learned from a Clemson perspective this weekend is that Virginia, pretty efficient on offense under Brennan Armstrong, 
Not a ton of drop-off without Bryce Perkins in there. And then the Miami Hurricanes are for real, at least for the time being. We'll see how they match up against the Tigers. Florida State, not a very good football team. Didn't have their head coach. But you got to be impressed what they've done offensively. Uh, after last week, putting up 47 against Louisville, they hang 52 on their rival, Florida State. We'll wrap up Locked on Clemson podcast today with a look at what the bye week meant for the Tigers and how good are they coming out of a bye. When this version of the 2020 Clemson schedule was released early August, Dabo Sweeney wasn't really big on the idea of a bye week coming just after two games into the regular season. Obviously, that was put in place by the ACC to build some dates into the schedule that allows for some games that have been postponed to move. Well, Clemson didn't have any issues playing their first two contests, so they got the week off. After some time to think about it, Coach Sweeney decided he actually did like having that bye week early on, and it really gives Clemson a chance to evaluate their young talent. I think that's been the biggest benefit of the last week where the Tigers came out of that win against the Citadel, played 96 players, played 78 at Wake Forest the week before. So now they got a lot of film and a lot of teaching to do, and they probably spent much of their practice last week doing that and now turning their attention to Virginia. They have a better feel for their depth chart, a better feel for who's going to help this team moving forward because there's a long stretch here of ACC games before they get another bye week in the middle of November. So it really was a a key time to adjust, uh, figure out what worked, what didn't. And so it probably did come at a better time than maybe originally expected. Sure, Clemson built a lot of momentum offensively. Trevor Lawrence, it wasn't a great against great competition, but Trevor Lawrence was playing as well as any point of his career. Uh, if you just look at the efficiency numbers and the way he's distributing the football and the changes that we talked about last week that he made to everything he's doing on the football field. So while they wanted to keep that momentum going, it wasn't a bad time to get a little extra time off. It's almost like an extra week of practice built into your preseason schedule because that's kind of what those first two games felt like for the Tigers, and now they turn their attention to Virginia. The Tigers have been pretty good coming out of bye weeks, especially over the course of the last previous five seasons when they've made the college football playoff every single year. Taking a look back at some of their numbers, last year Clemson was 2-0 and coming out of both of their regular season byes. They were also 2-0 and against the spread in those games. They were 3-1 and when they had double-digit days to prepare, that coming against the spread. They were 4-0 overall, 3-1 and against the spread when they had that extra time. That includes the uh, college ball playoff game against Ohio State and the national championship game that they lost to LSU. In 2018, Clemson was a perfect 3-0 and when they had that much time, and that was also 3-0 and against the spread as they went 15-0 and throughout that season and won the national championship with Trevor Lawrence in his freshman season. In 2017, Clemson was 0-1-1 against the spread, given that much time to prepare. And in 2016, Clemson a perfect 3-0, 2-1 against the spread, when they had a bye or multiple weeks to prepare. And then in 2015, the first year they made the college football playoff, and they went all the way to the championship game where they lost to Alabama they still covered the spread in that game, so they went 2-1 and one overall coming off those buys, 2-1 and one against the spread. So the Tigers, a pretty good number, a pretty good record, all things considered, when Dabo Sweeney and his staff 
get extra time to prepare, and you think that's probably going to be the case when they host Virginia coming up on Saturday. This wraps up Locked on Clemson podcast. Make sure you're following me, Brad Sinkup, on Twitter, at Brad Sinkup. That's with the W. It's S-E-N-K-I-W. And follow the Locked on Clemson podcast Twitter account as well, at Clemson Locked on. Always put any episodes you miss up there so you can get that easy to use. Make sure you hit the download button and subscribe as well. Make sure you rate, review, and tell your friends and family all about Locked on Clemson podcast. A daily glance into your Tigers Monday through Friday. On Tuesday's episode, look forward to starting to get into game week prep. We'll also play a game of He Said, He Said, where you'll hear from players and coaches, and then I'll comment on what they had to say. Also, Tuesday, Tiger of the Week, where we highlight and profile one particular Clemson standout student-athlete. Thanks for listening to the show. Take care, and Tiger Nation, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.